0: I'm Patrick Bedeb, your host of ITM, and today I'm going to talk to you about 32 difficult personalities to work with. Here's the part you got to realize. You heard what I said when I said everybody is difficult to somebody, right? But there is good difficult, there is bad difficult. You'll see what I mean by them. Some of them I'm going to explain to you, and some of these are pertaining to me as well. So as we're watching this, the part I don't want you to do, I don't want you to just watch this and say, oh, that's how she is, or that's how my mom is, or that's how my dad is, or that's how this person is. Because everybody, all the people on the outside, they ain't changing. You got to look for the ones that's you, and say, what do I need to do to fix this part about me that is not a good, uh, uh, difficult personality, that hopefully will help you do better with the people that you're dealing with. So let me get right into it. Mario and I sat down, and by the way, every one of these personalities, there's a name right next to it. Some of them are my name, some of them are other people's names, some of them is Mario's name, believe it or not. But it's everybody that we know that we kind of put it up, then all of a sudden categories came out. Number one, attitude. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of difficult people, but the simplest one is somebody who's got a pessimistic, negative attitude that's always complaining and it's a downer all the time. Very difficult personality to be around. Number two, passive. You'll be in a meeting. And you're expecting people to participate and give their ideas. They don't say anything. They're passive. Somebody's pushing them, and they don't voice their opinions, they're passive. Somebody is challenging them, they don't say anything, they're passive. That becomes difficult because the value, everybody has some kind of a value to bring in a meeting. We're not able to get the value out of that that person because they're being passive. So if somebody that's passive, you're thinking to yourself, I'm kind of a passive personality. By the way, most of you watching are probably going to have this being as one of them, majority, a lot of people you got to kind of get yourself out there because if you're sitting in a meeting, you don't voice your opinion, nobody sees you as a potential leader to come up. Someone's got to know what is on your mind, so you got to come prepared and say, here's what I think we need to do to improve this department, improve this business, improve this company, improve this division, whatever it is it is. So being passive sometimes uh, is, is one fastest way to not get promoted or grow in your business. Number three, too emotional. We've had people in the past before. When I say too emotional, we had somebody that we fired. And we were talking about a really nice guy, just a sweetheart of a guy, but too often things would happen, he would just start crying. It was way too much, where it was every single time something happened, it was way too much. I've dealt with these types of personalities probably 20, 30, 40 times in my career where it was way too emotional. And when that happens, here's what takes place. When somebody immediately starts crying, the opposition is afraid of giving you real counsel and feedback Because they're thinking to themselves, if I say it, there's going to be more crying. And people don't like to be around other people that constantly cry in the first place. Because it's not a habit of a leader. So sometimes being too emotional it's very difficult to work with somebody like that. So the solution typically for a company becomes, we just have to replace them and get them to another place. If that's you, keep in mind, in a business environment, in an environment that's growing, being too emotional doesn't serve you at all. Next, number four, outdo you. You ever seen a movie, Boogie Nights, right? Boogie Nights is what it's called. And there was a scene, so funny, we had a guy named Paddock in the army, he says, Pad, this movie came out, we gotta watch this movie, so all the guys, we have no clue what the movie is, 30 of us, we sit and we, we buy this movie from uh, PX, which is Army's Walmart, and we put it and we watch, we're like, what are we watching over here, it's a story of a porn star, I said, but it's, it's, it's Mark Wahlberg, it's insane, you know, it's great, and all the stuff that he's doing, and there's a scene where the guys say, so what do you bench? He says, I bench 185. He says, what do you bench? I bench 190. Oh, okay, that's cool. Hey, uh, so how high do you jump? You know, I jump well, you know, I jump this much. What do you curl? I curl this, I curl. What do you, you know, squat? I squat 225, squat 230. You ever met people like that? They're annoying, aren't they? It's always like they gotta outdo you, but it, although it's negative, let me tell you the positive side of it, they're competitive. You know what I'm saying? They, they're always like, you tell a story, I remember one time I was going in and here's what happened, the car was going so fast, oh my gosh, let me tell you what happened with me. So it's semi-annoying, but if it's competitive in all the other areas and they perform, I'm okay with it. I can deal with that as long as that competitiveness bleeds into performance as well. But there's a part of it that can be difficult at times. Number five, aggressive. Aggressive is somebody that wants to come in, take charge, here's what we're doing, this is what we're doing next, here's what we're going, to somebody that wants to take charge. That could be positive but that can also allow other people to not really voice their opinions at times, so it can be negative and positive. So number, number six, too salesy. Somebody who's always selling. I'm talking everything to them as sales. By the way, I think everything in life is sales, but there's everything in life is sales Then there's saying it to everybody 24-7. I've had guys in my life that, oh, he's got my money. i got to go get this guy. That guy's got this. Everything is about that all the time. It's a little too much. It's a little too much. Now, let me give you the other side. Remember how I said positive, negative? That can help in the world of sales but not necessarily if you're trying to run a big business and allowing to have other talent to come to you. If it's way too salesy, sometimes people don't trust that personality too often. So it could help in a sales business when you're solo by yourself. But to build a massive empire, maybe it's going to hurt you a little bit. Number seven, fake. People who are fake, we've, built, we've done business with a lot of fake people. That's just very easy. They look at you in your face, and they tell you everything they want, you want to hear from them. And then all of a sudden, they're a whole different person an hour later, two hours later, the next day. And they're like, wait a minute, what happened? Didn't we just have a meeting? And they time it, and they time when they want to tell you this. It's like, you know kids, when they know when to ask you for you know, money, and dad, can I get this? And they time it like, when you're happy, let me go ask them. There's a little bit of fakeness there. but. Uh, it's very difficult to do business with fake people because you have no idea who's going to show up the next day. Eight, everything is a joke. Now, let me tell you about everything is a joke. This is fine if I'm going to a bar with you and we're hanging out and you make me laugh for five hours straight. But there's a different story with everything is a joke. Meaning, let me explain to you what I mean by this. I work with a guy in our office... I can't think of a single time, Mario reminded me of this, I can't think of a single time that he wouldn't do a Borat sign. It was like, well, what was the lines? Mario was what? The, I like. I like. I like, and then what was the other one? Very nice. Very nice, how much? Every single time. So eventually, no one took that seriously. Nobody takes it seriously if you're constantly joking around, because if you're constantly joking around, it's being overcompensated for something that's lacking here, and humor is great to break the ice, But 24-7, there's some missing there. So humor's fine, but not overly because it kind of takes away from serious sense of getting a job done as well. And number nine is uh, uh, overpower opposite sex. I've dealt with women who enjoy to overpower men, and I've dealt with men who enjoy to overpower women. I've dealt with both. Neither is effective, just so you know. Now. It is effective if you just want to attract women and you are a woman, and it is effective if you're a man and you just want to attract other men. That can be effective. But it's not effective if you're trying to build a business of husbands, wives, women, men, single, married, it doesn't matter, everything, you got to be able to learn how to deal with everybody. But I've dealt with some people that they just want to control the opposite sex 24-7. 10. Condescending. I dealt with a guy like this in the past before, and we have some of this at the home office as well. Sometimes, as leaders, you know, we can be condescending ourselves, and we don't even know it, and you have to catch yourself. It happens a lot. Now, sometimes, in certain environments, it's a lot like I was in the military before, and you know, sports, and it's constant shots, and sarcasm, and condescending, and comments, and remarks. So, there were people in the military I remember vividly, there were people in the military who couldn't handle it, who were ETS'ed early. Less than an honorable, because they couldn't handle them. They wanted to get out because it was way too much of that. But the military is 24-7. I've heard kids who play on sports teams who cannot handle when their coach or other players are like that. And so, oh, that was a little bit too much for me. But in the sports world environment, sometimes it gets very competitive and the smack talking takes place. I mean, if you look at basketball, let me tell you, Draymond Green probably does this all the time. And he gets under other people's skin. You know who else? I can name you 20, 30, 40 people in the world of sports who do this. Is that a positive? Is that a negative? It can be a positive, and it can be a negative. Very simple. That could work for you in a very competitive environment. It can hurt you because you're going to lose some of the people. That their development process of becoming competitive or coming up maybe a slower pace, so you will lose them, where in another environment, the condescending was lower, though people will stick around. So it's all about who you want to keep in the environment that you're building right now. Number 11. Know it all. Uncoachable. They know everything. They simply know everything. You cannot teach them anything. They will always brag about their degree. Or how smart they are They will always remind you that they're smarter than you By the way, I'm also good in math I'm also smart, I'm also this You're not the only person It's no at all, I know what I'm doing You can't give any direction to them So now, is that a good or a bad? That can be a good and that can be a bad What do I mean by that? I don't mind a person that's uncoachable To another person that's a small thinker What do I mean by this? Let me explain to you Say I'm raised by parents who are small thinkers And they keep telling me to go take the safe route And I'm saying, no, I don't want to listen to it I don't want to do that Yeah, but you got to go and get a degree, but I'm not built to go to school. I'm telling you, I don't want to do anything to do with school, but you got to go to college. I don't want to go to college. That uncoachability can be fine if the kid knows exactly what he or she wants and they're not lazy. Now for some of you that say, I relate to this, path," that's exactly who I am, but you play video games 24-7 and you're lazy and you put on a lot of weight at 18 years old, I'm not talking about you because you're lazy. Period. I'm talking about the kid that at 14 years old has already started selling. At 12 years old, he was selling stuff at lemonade stands. He washes cars. He goes around cleaning stuff. The kid works hard all the time, makes money on Saturdays and Sundays. If this kid wants to tell his parents, I want to be an entrepreneur, that may be a good sign of uncoachability, right? So there is good, there is bad. It's not all bad in that area. Number 12, uncommitted, afraid to commit. There's always an out. I've dealt with people like this and For many, many years, let me tell you how I handled these uncommitted people. It was always about trying to convert them, right? But I'm telling you, it's good, but you got to get it. Can you imagine if you do it? Constantly. Eventually, I realized this is how they are in their personal lives. This is how they are in their business lives. This is how they are with their friends, with their girlfriends, with their wives, with their husbands, with... Everybody. They don't commit. So which means what? There's always an out. So no matter how much you pour into them, and the more you pour into them, the more they think you need them, the more they try to abuse you. Does that make sense? So you have to be very neutral with these personalities because they're frightened by committing and there's always an out for them. So you have to be very nimble when you dance with these guys. Don't get too close. Don't get too emotional. Don't get too friendly with them, because they're probably going to end up taking advantage of you and mess with your mind. Give a distance to them. Let them do what they want. If they don't want to commit, no problem. It's all good. Go out there and get it. Uh, Odds are they're probably not going to commit to anything that they don't want to commit to. Leave them alone. Give them direction. Create a condition for them to grow. If they want to do it, great. If they don't, they will move on and they'll do their own part. Number 13, enjoy rejecting everything. I've sat in boardrooms. No matter what I do, come up. no. No, 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 by the way, nothing wrong with this if it's no, 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 because you're trying to stay with your money and you're not trying to say yes to everything. There's a part of it that's good to say no, but to always say no and reject every single idea 24-7, what that does is, yes, risk may be minimized, but there's a possibility of that upside opportunity that was coming your way that you're not going to get because you always say no, right? And sometimes somebody in a boardroom, an ideation type of an environment that's always rejecting every idea, they bring morale down. Morale comes down. So a lot of times you got to take those guys out of the ideation room, and when you're coming up with ideas, come up with people that are coming up with positive ideas, then when you need a devil's advocate, bring that person inside and say, tell us all the reasons why this is not going to work. Believe me, they're going to find all the reasons why that's not going to work. Sometimes you're going to have a lot of people that are going to give you reasons that it's going to work. And you need to be able to hear somebody that's going to tell you the 20 reasons that it's not going to work. I have somebody I work with here at the home office, let me tell you what I do. Any positive ideas that comes up, it's automatic finding the negative in it. Every single time. So I've told Mario, until we have all the information, we don't need to let that loose to that person. Until we have figured out exactly what it is, then we do, and then let them come in and break the whole thing down and tell us what's going on with that place, and then we move on. Okay, number 14, unclear. People who are unclear, they don't know what they want. You can't lead a person that's unclear. You can't do business with somebody that's unclear. You can't be in a relationship with somebody that's unclear. There's not a lot of things you can do with somebody that's unclear. Number 15, arrogant, arrogant, arrogant. This is somebody that thinks they're above everybody. You know how I said earlier, thinks they are smarter than everybody? This is slightly different with arrogance because it's like a... It's an aura about them. There's this level of arrogance about them that makes it difficult for other people to want to collaborate. Number 16, character issues. Let me tell you what I mean by character issues. Stealing, cheating, um, lying, um, criminal activity, forgery. Anything that they do that hurts the entire company, you cannot tolerate any of this stuff. You got to figure that out early because a lot of times, I've seen many big empires, many, many big empires fall because somebody tolerated another person's Bad character and bad habit, it didn't show up in a year, it didn't show up in five years, but it did show up in ten years, and when it did, the empire was bigger, so the fall was a bigger fall than a smaller fall, but I've seen this many, many times. You cannot compromise character issues within a company. Number 17, triangulate. Let me tell you what's triangulate. So for instance, imagine you're doing business with somebody, and they want me to make something happen, right? They'll go to Mario, they'll go to Tom, they'll go to, let's just say, somebody else at the home office. They will pin the three together and they'll call me and they'll say, Pat said this, or hey Mario said this, and they'll pin the three people together to get a decision done, and then we now have conflicts against each other because this person is triangulating, okay? We've had people like this in the past before, and the way you have to address it, the way I address it all the time, the guys at the home office know what I do, I call the individual, I say, listen, we are not fans of triangulating. As you're going through making decisions on things like this, here's what needs to take place. If it's a decision that involves three different departments, I want everybody to be involved in the communication before we decide what we're doing. And I'm the last person. And my last person that comes to me is they come give me an update, then we get on a call, then we make a decision. But do not triangulate because you're pinning people against each other, and there are some people that do a lot of triangulating. It's not an effective method to bring people together in a work environment. Number 19, liar. I mean, that's pretty easy. I did a video once. Mario, what was that one video we did? Who should you trust in business? That's right. Who should you trust in business was an episode that we did and I talked about different types of lying and that gets a little bit more into detail if you, if you do want to watch that. But you know, it's difficult to deal with people that always lie or constantly lie. There's different style of them. Some of them are petty and they're not that big of a deal, but some of them are very big. You got to know which level of lying it is, so if you want to find out what it is, go watch that episode. Number 20, people who hate losing. Let me explain to you what I mean by people who hate losing. This, I've dated girls who hated losing, and I've done business with people who hate losing, and this isn't difficult in a negative way if they're self-aware. Let me explain. Sometimes a person who hates losing so bad, right before in their mind they know they're about to lose, they don't even know they're doing it because they're not conscious of this, they start hurting other relationships. To make the reasoning for losing not that big of a deal. I don't know if that made any sense. It's kind of like, you know, you already know you're about, like, you know, in football or basketball, you already know you're about to lose a game, then you do a flagrant foul. No, not necessary why you're doing a flagrant foul. You know that's because of frustration. You know you're about to lose, you're so upset that anybody who speaks to you during that moment, you're an absolute jerk to everybody. Now, is there a positive in that? Yes. I don't mind people who don't like to lose. I love people who hate to lose. But there's sore losers, and there's people who need to realize that when you lose, you got to go shake hands. At the end of every baseball game, t-ball game, they teach them. you got to go high-five the opponent. They do this in World Series. They do this in sports. And it sucks. Remember when Michael Jordan beat Isaiah Thomas and the Detroit Pistons, and Detroit Pistons walked off, and you see Isaiah Thomas walking like this right past the bench, and they didn't high- high-five? That's somebody who hates to lose, but it's a sore loser. You lost. I remember one time, I'll never forget, one time I lost and somebody brought me on stage and they made me give the other person the trophy. This was in front of 600 people. I got up, I gave it to him, they were condescending, they took a lot of shots at me, I don't mind it because I love that kind of stuff, and I gave a message from stage to him and I said, you deserve it, you outworked me, but this will be the last time ever for the rest of your life you will ever beat me in this game, ever. It's game over from here on, but having said that, congratulations to you. Enjoy this victory. I went and sat down. Never, ever, ever did they ever get close, because I hate to lose. But I didn't mind the stage, because I had to address the issue that I didn't work hard. It's okay. So if you're watching this that's a little bit of you, you got to adjust, because you're hurting some relationship, simply because you hate to lose, and you know you're about to lose, and you rub out the people the wrong way, and you become difficult. Next. 21. A true believer. Let me explain to you about a true believer. Recently I sat with Gloria Allred, Gloria Allred is responsible for, uh, the, if you ever see her you know, uh, f- with sexual harassment lawsuits, she was there for uh, Bill Cosby, she was there with Weinstein, she was there with a lot of different presidents, a lot of different people that had any kind of you know, assault that they did to someone else, it's typically sexual harassment. Over a quarter of a billion dollars, this woman's won, in lawsuits, specifically around sexual harassment, right? Her and I are sitting down in her office and I'm speaking to her, I kept telling her, you're a true believer. You're a true believer. You're a true believer. You're a true believer. By the way, here's what happens with a true believer. You better believe there's a group that hates true believers because they're so difficult. You know why they're so difficult? Because they can't help themselves but keep talking about what they believe in. They cannot help themselves. It's 24-7. And the only people that appreciate a true believer is another true believer at the same level as them in a complete different space. Make sense? True believers understand other true believers. That doesn't mean a true believer likes the other true believer. That doesn't mean Gloria and I agree on everything in life. You will see the interview. It's pretty controversial. We get at it pretty quickly. But I respect the hell out of somebody that's a true believer, that consistently, this woman for 50 years has been going around the same message over and over and over and over over again. That's difficult. So in a world of a business, picture this. Say somebody in a business is a true believer, and everybody's kind of like a believer. And somebody's just there for money, or they're doubters, all this other stuff. This true believer believer's nonstop selling the vision, where we're going, where we're going, where we're going, where we're going. Some believers will become true believers, some non-believers will become believers, but some doubters will stay doubters, because like, listen, I don't even want to hear that stuff. That's okay. This is still a difficult person, but it's a positive, difficult person, if what they believe in is a worthy, positive cause this is a good thing. You want more true believers. There was a book called The True Believer. It's about 180 pages. Technical book. Great book to read. It talks about what it is to be a true believer. Number 22, selfish. Let me explain to you what I mean by selfish. I have a name right next to selfish. Okay? I have a name right next to selfish. And here's what selfish is. There's good selfish. There's bad selfish. Let me explain to you what both of them are. What's a good selfish? Good selfish is somebody that wants to win so bad that they pull everybody else above with them to also win. But they're wanting to win so flipping bad that whether you like it or not, you're going to win with them, because they're going to drive expectation high with everybody. Then there are selfish people that want to win so bad, but they don't want to do the work. They want everybody else to do the work, and they want to take the credit. And I've dealt with people like this before, and I'm just telling you, once they're exploited, people leave, okay? Because nothing is more annoying than dealing with somebody that's so selfish in the area of winning. That's all about them and not all the other people. It's okay when somebody wants to. win so bad that you're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is so difficult to freaking do business with." But well, behind closed doors, there used to be a coach in baseball, skipper. His name was Tony Larusa. He's still around. He was an attorney before, very, very educated guy. I think he went to some Ivy League school and he became a, a skipper. I think for Oakland A's. And players would say about Tony Larusa: Once you realize how bad. This person wants to win, you will have such an easy time playing with this person. Once you realize how bad this person wants to win, you will enjoy and appreciate this person more once you realize that. That man is selfish. But it's positive selfish. You know why? Because it's kind of cool when you're also one day going to be able to talk about the fact that you have a championship ring. Why? Because you worked with somebody that was so flipping, driven, and selfish to want to win that brought all these other people with them to the top that they also want. That is a positive. You need to know the difference. And it's very easy to to tell the two selfish people apart. Just watch habits. That's all you got to do. Watch habits. But I got a name right here on who it is. It's a few of them, but I got one main name. Right here. i got to cover this quickly so you can't see what we're talking about, Mari. Can they see it? Number 23 is the following. Let me tell you what number 23 is. No need to improve. They have no desire to improve. Really, I mean, there's n- <laughs> we had a person here that uh, uh, we were reading the book. Uh, we were reading a book. I don't know what book it was that we were reading. It was a book of the month, right? And it was a 500-page book that we were reading. And one of our employees said, I don't know why we have to read a book like this. I said, listen, I'm going to simplify it for you. At our company. If you don't read this book per month, you're fired. We're not offended. The reason why we do this is because we are very committed to improving. If you're not, we're not the company for you. But in this company, you're going to improve with us. And if you don't believe in improving, go work for a Fortune 100 company that's done improving and stay there quietly, just have a regular nine to five job that they don't expect you to improve. Here, improvement is a priority at the highest level. What do you want to do? If you don't want to improve, you can go home. To us, we want everybody from the lowest $15 an hour job to the person making a million dollar your income, we want everybody to be committed to improvement. That is a priority that we have at our company. Number 24, perfect. Let me explain to you what I mean by perfect people. Oh my gosh, they're difficult. Okay, so what do I mean by perfect? Look, you will rarely hear me talk about my faith. Matter of fact, you won't get me talk about my faith on a uh, uh, Valuetainment. You know why? Let me explain to you why. The reason why is because I have a very hard time with people who talk about their faith so much to the point where uh, uh, it's, it, it becomes almost like they're more righteous than you and they're more a believer than you and they're more of this than you and all this other stuff, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And to the point where everybody is below them. Everybody is beneath them because they're so perfect because they are righteous and they are forgiven and all this other stuff. To me, I don't go to church because I want somebody to make me feel like I'm not imperfect, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I'm going there for somebody to say that even though you're not perfect, there's a place for you, right? This message, what I just gave you in a business environment, it doesn't work with perfect people there because they walk around like they have this perfect life. Oh, my wife and I, we never argue. My husband and I, we never argue. We love each other. Everything's fine because we believe in the Lord and da, 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 da. I can't, I can't deal with that. It's very difficult. Next, small thinking. Let me tell you what I mean by small thinking. Somebody who you're doing business with that doesn't really realize what's about to happen five years from now. I remember when we first got started, Mario and I were talking about this. There was a group of people who didn't fully know what was going to happen with our business moving forward. Fully didn't know. It's like, I don't know about it. I think it's good. Boom. They disappeared. We had certain people that started with Valuetainment when we had 200 subs and they said, I don't really know if this thing's going to do anything. They disappeared at 200 subs. We had people at 2,000 subs that didn't believe value was going to be what it is today, right? But the true believers are here. The reason why many of you love Mario Aguilar, and let me put his handle up here. Let's send some love to him, at Aguilar Social. He's on Twitter and on Instagram. Go follow him and send some love to him. The reason why you love Mario is because Mario's a true believer, and Mario's been there from day one because he knew exactly what the vision of both our company and Valutema was, both of them. People like people like that, right? So small thinkers, unfortunately, 90% of the world are small small thinkers. All they can think about is what we're going to do in the next week, what's going to happen in the next day, in the next month, maybe a month, maybe a quarter. Very few people are saying, you know what, I believe we can be there five years from now. I believe we can be there 20 years from now. I believe we can be there 10 years from now, and I want to be a part of it. By the way, don't fire small thinking people. Sometimes they're good for $15 an hour jobs, and they're still going to get the day to day stuff fixed. But as long as, as far as you wanting to take the company to a whole different level, you need some of the people that are bought into the vision. Next. 26. You can't please them. You're going to have certain people you do business with. No matter what you ever do, nothing makes them happy, period. 27. People who change often. Let me explain to you what it means. One day you talk to them. I want to be your number one guy, that's it, I've changed, I can't believe I don't take more advantage of this relationship because you're so amazing, and the value you bring to me, pa, 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 pa. next month, I can do whatever I want to do because I am an entrepreneur, I can do whatever I want to you're right, you can do anything you want to do, but what's up with this changing all the time, you know, you're like the weather. One day you're rainy, one minute you're snowing, one minute is sunny, one minute is gloomy. W- which one is showing up today? Who are we going to meet today? Tell me. So I know in advance. Can I take the manual out? Give me page number 88. It's who we're dealing with today. Perfect. Now I know how to deal with you today because I know who's showing up today, right? People who j- change often, they don't know this, they lose a lot of good people in their lives. A lot of good people in their lives because eventually they drain other people of their energy to love them. They're draining, because they always change. And they think it's okay to do that. And they can be like that their entire lives. You lose the right people in your life. Forget about all the other people that stick around because it's your fan base and your fan club. You will lose the right people in your life. And you do not, you never ever want to lose true believers who are loyal to you. And who you are as a human, you never want to lose them. But unfortunately, some people do it all the time, not knowingly. Next, 28, crap magnet. I've said this before, you probably heard me say before. These are people that constantly attract crap to themselves. Number 29, self-inflicted wounds. You've heard me talk about this as well. There's always something bad happening to them. 30, people who are too honest. <laughs> Let me tell you who I'm thinking about with this. My dad is so honest, it's out of control. Let me tell you what I mean by my dad. So. I have a friend uh, from many, many years ago. He is frightened of my dad. And you know why he's frightened of my dad? Here's why he's frightened of my dad. Because my dad, if you are 20 pounds overweight and you've gained weight since the last time he sees you, this is my dad. Hey, what happened, Gordo? What, What happened, Gordo? That's his line, if you're Hispanic. You look fat. You gained weight. What happened here? That's my dad. And let me tell you something. He will do this all the time. I'll see him sitting down with a husband and wife, and he's talking about their sex life. I'm like, Dad, you can't be doing that, buddy. What are you and he tells a story. I want to explain to you sex. Say this is sex, okay? On top of this cup is honey. Down here is shit. If you eat all the honey very quickly and you have sex all the time, you're eventually going to eat shit, okay? So don't do this. Take a nibble of the honey. Just a little nibble. I'm like, <laughs> It's kind of like a philosopher, you know, like a, 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 a sexual, you know, all these philosophers out there, but the guy is as entertaining as it gets. If you're around my dad, everybody loves my dad, but he's too honest. There is a good area for that. There's also a bad area that sensitive people cannot like people who are too honest, which leads me to the next one. Point number 31 is sensitive people. Sensitive people cannot take any criticism from anybody, which means the only time they improve is based on their own personal experience. Let me say it one more time. Sensitive people, hear me out if you're all, if you're still here. For 90 percent of viewers that are done after the first eight, 10 minutes, if you're still here for the 10 percent of it, and you're sensitive, you know what happens with sensitive people? They can't take constructive criticism for other people. So you know what happens? Sensitive people can never learn from other people. They have to only learn it from themselves, Which means sensitive people. Have to make mistakes, which means that the, the the speed of success is always delayed for sensitive people. Always delayed for sensitive people. Let me say it one more time: always delayed for sensitive people. I don't. How can, what I, I don't want to hear this kind of stuff. You're right. You don't have to hear this kind of stuff. Go ahead and make the mistakes for yourself. Three years later, you were right. We could have saved that three years, by the way, but you had to go through that three years. Can't help you because you're sensitive. Last but not least is excuse makers, they got an excuse for everything and that part, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. They're just people that make constantly excuses. I can't lead somebody and help somebody that's constantly making excuses. Now, maybe go sit down with somebody and say, let me ask you a question. Somebody who knows you, somebody was asking me a question the other day in Bermuda and I told this guy, good guy, I said, listen. The best way to understand yourself is, go to the people that know you very well, that you don't mind if they say something very honest to you that's going to hurt. Like who are those, like my dad can tell me anything that's not going to hurt me. Tell me what's on your mind, right? There are certain people, let them give you honest feedback about who you really are. Then make your own pivots and adjustments based on that. I'm not talking about negative people to go talk to, somebody that's level-headed, that can give you direct feedback and say, these are the things that I deal with. What do you think about these? Which one is me? They'll typically be able to tell you and help you address those areas if you're not number 31, which is what? Sensitive. To all the sensitive people, skip this exercise because it's going to offend you. Go make the mistakes on your own. Take your time. Uh, If you have the courage to do this, more power to you, but most are not willing to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.